The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. Welcome to another edition of Health Kick. I'm Tim Boreham. Today we're talking about the latest advancements in immuno-oncology, which at its heart is about training the body's own immune system to uh, fight cancer, and hopefully uh, very soon uh, the coronavirus as well. Now, as most listeners would know, uh, cancer immunotherapy has been a popular field of research for some years. Uh, but the pipeline of new drugs has actually dried up somewhat since the blockbuster drug Keytruda was approved uh, about six years ago. Uh, that was for a number of cancers, uh, including uh, melanoma. It's a pleasure to have with me uh, Mark Voigt, who's the head of the ASX-listed immuno-oncology outfit Immutep. Mark, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Great, yes, and Mark's normally based in Germany, so, so it's great to catch up with him uh, while he's in Australia uh, visiting uh, investors. Now, if uh, Imutep sounds unfamiliar, it's because it used to be known as Prima Biomed, and it was pursuing a, a cervical cancer vaccine. It even had former Sydney Lord Mayor Lucy Turnbull, Malcolm's wife as well, of course, uh, on the board, and uh, she's uh, still uh, an investor in the company. These days, though, uh, Imutep's most advanced programs are in certain breast and lung cancers, as well as uh, head, neck and shoulder cancer. And outside of cancer, it's also interested in autoimmune disorders. And and Mark will uh, talk through that. But uh, just to start with, Mark, um, you you talk about your drug's uh, mechanism of action uh, as being uh, pushing the gas. Now, you're presumably not talking about the Grand Prix. So, so can you just talk, talk through what that means? Sure. Uh, maybe you allow me to uh, take one step back because we have actually four different uh, product candidates, um, two of them in autoimmune diseases, and um, they uh, should dampen down uh, the immune system. Obviously, in autoimmune setting, it's out of control. And then two in immuno-oncology, where, immune, where you like your immune system to be very active and actively fight cancer. And there, our flagship product is uh, FT Lagimod Alpha, in brief FT. And as you rightly say, um, there we push the gas of the immune system, so we boost the immune reaction. And we use an immune checkpoint called lymphocyte activation gene 3, or in brief, LAG3, to activate uh, specifically the dendritic cells via a certain target called MHC class 2. So what we do in principle is to activate uh, dendritic cells. Uh, these dendritic cells you can refer to as the generals of the immune system, generating more soldiers and providing those soldiers a the information whom to attack. These soldiers are the T-cells. So we are generating via the physiological way more T-cells, more soldiers in the battlefield um, of, of cancer, more natural killer cells. And overall, we boost uh, the immune system of the patients. And it's an important point as we not directly treat cancer, but enable the patient's own immune system to uh, actively fight cancer. 
So that's that, that's pushing the gas. And uh, can you explain the taking the foot off the brake aspect with the uh, immune uh, checkpoint inhibitors such, such as Keytruda? Sure. So taking the brakes um, off is uh, referred to immune checkpoint inhibitors. And uh, this is done by blocking an immune checkpoint on the T-cell, the soldier. For instance, um, PD-1, CTLA-4, or also LEG-3. Uh, this is addressed by our partner Novartis. We Years ago, we licensed exclusively worldwide uh, so-called immune checkpoint inhibitors to Novartis. They call it LEG-525. So in our product portfolio, we address both mechanisms. On the one hand side was FD Lagimod pushing the gas of the immune system, general immune boosting effect, and on the other hand side, releasing the brakes of the immune system uh, via our partner Novartis. Okay, great. And can you run through the key, uh, the key trials you're undertaking uh, with FT? Uh, either in combination or or, or as uh, standalone treatments, um, because you, you've got quite a bit going on, haven't you? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, so we have a diverse um, uh, clinical trial portfolio uh, for our lead product uh, candidate, FT Lagimod. Um, we have uh, been running in the past also a monotherapy clinical trial that has been done uh, years ago and renal cell carcinoma um, was successful. Uh, since then, we have been initiating a clinical trial program around different combinations. Uh, our largest clinical trial is called APEC and metastatic breast cancer. It's a double-blind, placebo-controlled, randomized, multinational clinical trial um, where we test um, chemotherapy standard of care paclitaxel plus FD-Lagimod versus paclitaxel plus placebo, 226 patients. Uh, a large clinical trial with a readout by end of March 2020, so in due course. Then we have also the combination of uh, anti-PD-1, here Keytruda, plus FD-Lagimod in a trial we do together with uh, um, MSD or Merck, US Merck, as well as a phase one clinical trial um, with uh, uh, which we do together with Pfizer and German Merck uh, around Avelumab anti-PDL1, and we have additional uh, smaller phase one clinical trials. So a diverse clinical trial portfolio, and we are going to see a lot of data during 2020. Right, as I said, yes, a lot going on. Uh, just going back a step to the APAC trial, the uh, the one you're carrying out yourself um, with, with the 226 patients. So it's a big trial. You mentioned uh, you're expecting results. Uh, so too is the market because um, your shares had quite a run-up uh, sort of since the start of the year. They've recently, bit, recently been caught up in the uh the general market uh, uh, turmoil, of course, but investors uh, s- sort of seem to be uh, getting quite excited, and so they're, um, they're, uh, <laughs> I guess, they're anticipating a good result. I-, I know you don't know what 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 the results are because um, the-, the the trials are double blinded. But is there sort of uh, reason for optimism? Absolutely. And uh, I believe that the uh, excitement of uh, our shareholders and new investors is not without substance. If you look at the data we published, for instance, mid of February from the TACTI-002 clinical trial in non-small cell lung cancer and had a neck cancer, I think uh, we showed uh, very exciting results uh, pointing exactly into the right direction. If you look at the data we released last year, mid of October from the Tactimel clinical trial and metastatic melanoma, and also on the data we released around metastatic breast cancer in the past. Uh, there is a robust ground 
to be excited and to be optimistic. Of course, we have to see what uh, results we are going to get by end of this month. But uh, especially looking uh, at the share price, putting the market turmoil aside, uh, I believe there is still a lot of room for improvement if you compare us with uh, other peers, for instance, in the United States. And looking at the event ahead, um, that this clinical trial, the readout, could be a landmark event. It is not only close to market, so may uh, qualify for conditional marketing authorization, A, but B, that it would be the first time since immune checkpoint inhibitors, multi-billion blockbuster drugs these days, came into play 2013-14, putting cell therapy aside for a second, that a second class of immuno-oncology products uh, would be uh, uh, validated via randomized clinical trial, the antigen-presenting Activator. So it's relatively big, not only for us, also for the field, if successful. And, and therefore, I believe that uh, the uh, excitement and optimism is fully justified. Yeah, okay, okay. And why uh, has, has there been a bit of a drought of, of new drugs uh, since, since 2013, while there has been a lot of uh, activity? You are... 100% right. There have been big successes in 13, 14, and with Ketruda, Obdivo, also beyond. I mean, they are now approved in, in more than 22 indications, but there have also been a lot of disappointments, a lot of immune concepts, uh, um, which started with a lot of excitement, failed, like IDO, for instance, uh, OX40, TIM3, GITR. With LEG3, we are very optimistic um, because you see now most clinical activity uh, in LEG3, also from the pharmaceutical industry, by number of clinical trials and uh, associated patients. So um, it's always about science and robust results, and uh, this is what we are hopefully going to show. Speaking of the science, you've got on your uh, uh, scientific board or advisory board, uh, Frederick Treble, a fellow called Frederick Treble, which is interesting because he, he's the guy who, who discovered the LAG3 protein. So uh, is he uh, sort of intimately involved in the company? Oh, yes. He is our CSO and CMO. He is, I would say, a scientific rock star, the worldwide leading scientist uh, for LAG3. He discovered it, as you said. He has devoted most of his professional career to it. He is immunologist, oncologist, well over 140 publications. All our products have been developed in-house by him. And you see that uh, these products, for instance, in terms of the GSK one, also in terms of the Novartis one, have been uh, delivering since years and have been seeing the transition from preclinical to phase one clinical development, now to phase two clinical development, and hopefully beyond. So he is uh, really an, an, an asset as well. Yes, as you say, a, a rock star in the uh, in the medical field. Now, as, as as well as pushing the gas, you're also interested in in, in the uh, immunosuppression side, which you mentioned earlier, and, and and that's relevant for diseases such as I think uh, rheumatoid arthritis or irritable uh, bowel uh, disease, or and even MS. Can, can you talk us through what you're doing in that field? Yeah, uh, so there, uh, or what you try to do there is uh, to downmodulate uh, your immune system. Uh, the root cause of the disease are the uh, chronically LEX3 activated T cells. Uh, LEX3 is an exhaustion marker for the T cells, which are constantly exposed um, to the self peptide, are getting autoreactive and um, we um, uh, try to generate on the one hand side with a GSK approach. It's a depleting antibody, so a cytotoxic uh, antibody which is designed to destroy those T-cells, as well as with our IMP761, the world's first agonist to LEX3, uh, which is designed to temporarily silence those T-cells to address 
the root cause uh, of more than 90% of uh, the autoimmune diseases, so not a symptomatic cure like uh, many other approaches, but really addressing the root cause of the disease. So we look here at nothing less than potential game changers, the way you treat autoimmune diseases. Of course, this has to be further validated and further substantiated by data. It's always a very data-driven mode. We are glad that our partner GlaxoSmithKline um, is now in phase two in ulcerative colitis. In total, uh, they are running three clinical trials. Two have been completed, phase one. Now it's a 280-patient phase two clinical trial. So it's also quite exciting. And uh, beyond immuno-oncology, the flip side of the immune checkpoints are obviously autoimmune diseases. And uh, what's the, uh, in terms of the size of the prize, where, where do the uh, sort of best prospects lie? Is it in the uh, non-oncology field or the, uh, the cancer indications? That's uh, a difficult question. Um, of course, these are two big fields uh, in terms of market sizes, uh, in terms of the variety of different indications. Our flagship product uh, is certainly um, FT Lagimod Alpha in oncology, especially as it's broadly applicable um, possibly over a variety of different cancer indications. It's most advanced. It's in, in phase 2B. The results will come soon. So uh, currently, I would say it's uh, FT Lagimod, uh, but we have potential for more. Uh, but again, all in a very data-driven mode. You need to deliver, otherwise you will not make a transaction with the pharmaceutical industry. And at the end of the day, this is our customer. And we deliver there on our business model a number of times. So all in a very data-driven mode. Sure. Okay. And in terms of in terms of finances to sort of get to the approval stage or ho hopefully the approval stage, you're, you've spent quite a bit on the APAC trial yourself, haven't you? But you've also got uh, some milestone payments coming in from uh, GlaxoSmithKline, I think, or, or, or you've had them in already. In, in any event, can, can you just sort of talk through the finances? Sure. Um, we uh, reported um, a cash of uh, 20 and a half million Australian dollars by end of December last year. Um, and in the last quarter, as you rightly said, we had uh, license revenue and other income uh, of uh, more than uh, 10 million dollars. Uh, so that's, uh, I believe, uh, a very good number for a biotech company. Um, we have been receiving milestone payments in the past. And of course, we hope for milestone payments also in the future could be also very substantial ones. Um, and as every biotech company, of course, we have to um, assess our uh, liquidity status. Currently, we are financed for the catalyst ahead. Our cash life is uh, around about end of this year. Uh, and obviously, we see a lot of uh, data points beforehand. Okay. And if you've got enough uh, money to fund the APAC trial, which, which the, uh, the US FDA has just given you permission to, uh, to go ahead with, is, it, is that fully funded? That study, um, we prepared. Obviously, um, uh, these uh, preparations have been paid for. We uh, have to have the IND in order to, for most, to bridge the APEC study, which is reading out by end of this month, uh, into the United States. Um, and of course, then the so-called APEC 002 clinical trial is uh, pending the results of, uh, of APEC. And to fully, uh, as a trial would go beyond um, 
uh, end of this year. Um, so we would need to raise additional funds um, if there's not other income available from the other sources I just mentioned uh, to fully fund this clinical trial and others. Okay, great. And just uh, just on another note, Mark, if I could change the topic slightly, as a as an expert in the uh, immunology field, how do you think the coronavirus crisis will unfold? Are we all uh, sort of too worried or not worried enough? Oh, that's a difficult question. Um, yes, a lot of people love to know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's 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 true. I mean. Um, Obviously, it uh, is a, a serious event. It's infectious diseases, which by definition causes then a lot of fear uh, in a variety of, of uh, uh, yeah, different nations or globally, practically. I'm not sure if that fear is... Um, uh, a bit exaggerated, especially if you take actions early. It seems that in China, um, the peak of the crisis has gone and uh, people are going uh, back to work and action has been taken. There will be not any short fix. So it will take a while, 12 months, 18 months until you have a, a vaccine so that you can like for, for flu, where you get your flu shot that you can also get your corona shot, so to speak. So it will take a while and we have to see how it's playing out. Um, I believe as we speak, there have been uh, close to 4,000 deaths uh, since months. If we compare that, for instance, uh, to uh, breast cancer, where every week more than 12,000 women die globally, um, to put things into perspective and where you can't have any uh, help in terms of just washing your hands, we need to be uh, uh, careful not to exaggerate here. I mean, we deal with the flu, we will deal with the coronavirus. One has to be careful for sure. The uh, immune activators um, have also a role to help patients with uh, low immune status. Um, but uh, once a full-fledged vaccine is there, I believe we will have uh, we will simply deal with that. And there will be also other viruses in the future. I'm sure. We just need to be uh, reasonable in the meantime. Yes. Yes. Well, ho hopefully, with a bit of non-fatal exposure, we all might develop a bit more um, immunity to the uh, to the condition. Yes, uh, the uh, um, the point is it's also an unknown. Um, so uh, people are not clear um, who is at the end of the day really at high risk. It's believed to be uh, not a lethal for, for children, at least under 10. There was one case between 10 and 19. Uh, for most um, elderly uh, persons are at risk, it seems, or if they had other uh, health-related uh, issues, for instance, with the lung. So one needs to be careful. It's unknown. Therefore, it's also... Um, believed to be very dangerous if the death rates are really two to three to four to five percent this is what one could read or if they are not lower because the number of people just showing symptoms uh, or just believe they have a cold have maybe not been tested and not been integrated in the database so also from a statistical point of view there's a lot of work to do but it's uh, certainly a, a serious uh, thing sure sure no, that's uh, great to get your insight. I, I probably should note that uh, Imutep is not involved in uh, developing uh, a coronavirus uh, a vaccine or treatment. Not a vaccine. That's that's true. Um, FT Lagimod, uh, however, has also patent claims for infectious diseases. Oh, okay. It's an immune right. booster. Yeah. Yes, if you have uh, an immune deficiency and your immune system should be stimulated, then FT-Lagimod is certainly um, uh, something which should be tested. Um, so uh, it could be applied in different infectious diseases. Um, and uh, the possibility is certainly there. We don't want to dilute our focus on oncology, um, but it is something uh, which could be taken into uh, consideration. But again, we have here very data-driven mode. Yes. 
Um, and to further substantiate that, uh, one would need to do uh, additional tests. But the potential is there and covered by the patents. Okay, so uh, if, if you've got a bit of spare time in the labs, you, you, you might have a little bit of a look at it. Yes, one could do that, uh, for instance, in collaboration with other institutes. Um, currently, we are working hard on the immune monitoring on the on the data ahead um, that we have an immune boosting activity we measured already in patients. So um, this uh, happens. You can measure that. If you measure this in cancer patients or in other patients, uh, is uh, practically the same because you activate the dendritic cells. Um, we will uh, not dilute our, our focus. Uh, let's see if there is something coming up we will adequately inform the market okay excellent all right well look uh thanks for that mark you've got quite a few irons in the fire obviously and and enough money and, and support from the books of them to keep them going hot so um we'll follow your, your progress with great interest and th- thanks for dropping by thank you so much appreciate uh, that you took the time thanks mark